On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at an intriguing prospect call-up and a slate loaded with potential streamers. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three go-throughs uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. Tuesday, August 10th, happy birthday, Yuri Moskovoy, Michael Beller, and Al Melchior here with you. Let's run through the news and notes, Al, because as we said off the top, a ton of streamers to get to. Luis Robert activated on Monday, went two for five with a double at the Twins. White Sox getting that fully loaded team back and pointing in the right direction with the playoffs uh, just about two months away. Fernando Tatis Jr. hit on the field for the first time since going on the IL with his shoulder injury. Did that yesterday, so at least that feels like he's pointed in the right direction too. Glaber Torres to the IL with the left thumb sprain. He could be out 10 to 20 days. He's going to see a specialist, and then the Yankees will go from there. Better news on Luis Severino. He is going to make a rehab start on Saturday and could be back in the Yankees rotation after that, love, love, love to see him get back in the rotation after all the injury crap that he has dealt with the last couple of years. Jazz Chisholm to the IL. He stayed in Colorado, actually, and did not travel with the Marlins to San Diego because of flu-like symptoms. Kwang Hyun Kim going to the IL, and Bobby Bradley also on the IL. Kim with elbow inflammation, Bobby Bradley with a left knee strain. Brady Singer is going to be activated and start on a Wednesday, and the Royals will be rolling with a six-man rotation for the foreseeable future. Aaron Ashby is going to be promoted to the Brewers from AAA Nashville to start Game 2 against the Cubs. On Tuesday, he's got a 36% strikeout rate at Nashville, Al, and could remain in the rotation with Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer on the COVID IL. Are you making any sorts of moves with Ashby on the way up? Well, in daily leagues, yeah, I think that um, might as well pick him up and uh, see how this plays out. It's just a little unfortunate with the timing of it because, uh, you know, for me anyway, mostly this would be relevant in some deeper weekly leagues. But, you know, maybe by the time Sunday rolls around, we'll have a better sense of what the timetable is for Hauser and Lauer and see also how Ashby does in this um, the start on Tuesday. So pretty exciting stuff, though. Yeah, definitely exciting and definitely not a bad landing spot against the post-trade deadline Cubs. Richard Lovelady pitched in the ninth yet again, a uh, top of the ninth, a 2-2 tie against the Yankees. He gave up a solo homer to Luke Voigt. He was charged with an earned run in the tenth. And on the other side of this game, the Yankees made a little bit of history, became the first team in MLB history to have four relievers blow a save, and then the team still win the game. The four relievers blowing a save tied an MLB record, but no one had actually won the game in that instance. Are you looking at anything with Lovelady in Kansas City? Is that jumping out at you at all? I just think it's notable just because it's two consecutive games with a, a save chance where he was the one filling the role that you would see a closer fill. But uh, as I mentioned with, with DVR on the Monday show, I mean, this is just a growing and seemingly endless list of closer mm-hmm. candidates in Kansas City. So I'm not making too much of it, but just definitely catches my attention that it's the, the back-to-back, uh, not quite opportunities, but you know, back-to-back closer-like situations for Love Lady. And just another one of those teams that if you want to take a shot on a guy, sure, you can pretty much argue for almost any of them, but no one who's going to own the closer's role, most likely at least for the remainder of the season. Not a ton of games on Monday, but we do have our fair share of standouts, starting with Lucas Giolito. What a game 
He pitched eight innings, gave up one run, and I think that came in the eighth on two hits, eight Ks, and no walks. Uh, a great start for Giolito. Three of his previous starts had three Ks or fewer, so maybe you're feeling a little bit better about Giolito getting on the horse here, but uh, that's exactly what you were drafting him for, and he came through with a monster, monster start. Even if it hasn't been the uh, great season that we've been hoping for for Giolito, it's been mostly good, and when he does stuff like this, he reminds you of just how great he can be when he puts it all together. Carlos Hernandez with another good outing. Al. Six and two-thirds innings, gave up one run on five hits, walked one, struck out three against the Yankees, and over his last three, Al, looked pretty darn good. Just two runs allowed in 17 and two-thirds innings, 13 Ks against four walks, one barrel on 46 batted ball events. Where are you adding Carlos Hernandez? Definitely 15 teamers at this point uh, and putting them on the watch list for uh, 14. I uh, don't know about 12 yet, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he gets there because yeah, that's three really uh, good, good starts in a row. Uh, that low strikeout total against the Yankees kind of lowered the level for that three start run overall. And yeah, really impressive that he's just not allowing barrels uh, over the short stretch. So uh, definitely on my radar at this point. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and I think that we're going to be moving him from watch list to strongly on the radar in pretty much all leagues with the way that he's been pitching and just the way that post-trade deadline fantasy baseball seems to go. Carlos Hernandez feeling like one of these guys who can be a surger over the last, what, we got seven weeks, something like that, left in the regular season. Like, definitely going to be keeping an eye on him. Eric Hosmer, the hot streak continues. You salary dump me, I'll salary dump you. That's what Eric Hosmer's saying. (laughs) To the San Diego Padres. He went two for three with his 10th homer of the season against the Marlins. He's now 13 for his last 33 with two homers, just four walks in those 33 at bats. Is there anything to be done here with Hosmer? We know that this team has so many movable pieces and so many different guys who can play first base, and they did try to salary dump Hosmer. If they had it their way, Hosmer would not be a Padre. Is there anything you feel comfortable doing here with respect to Hosmer as a fantasy baseball player? Yeah, no, that's the question. I have to say not much just because in in his time with the Padres, I I've still don't feel like I'm I'm confident about which Hosmer's going to show up on any given day or for any given week because he has had periods where we've seen more power than what he's shown lately. Uh you know, right now he's just being a big time contributor to batting average. He's not striking out hardly at all lately. So uh, I think maybe he's just a guy in 12 teamers. If you need a first baseman or a corner outfielder, he's a, a hot hand option, but beyond, you know, maybe the next week or so, I'm not really sure what to expect. Yeah, I think I'm there with you. A hot hand option, and it's just you don't know what what they're going to do. It's hard. It's hard to know what to expect because you have the two pronged effect of not knowing what Hosmer's going to do and not knowing what the Padres are going to do with respect to his playing time. So hard to gauge what he can offer us in the fantasy world. Lewis Brinson, two for four with the fifth homer of the season on the other side of that Marlins Padres game, up to two sixty eight, three hundred two, four seventy two on the season. What do you think with Lewis Brinson here, Al? I'm intrigued now. I'm really intrigued, Michael, because even if you don't buy the batting average, which to me is kind of the most surprising part of that line, given that you know he's really kind of struggled around the Mendoza line for for much of his career so far, to see that that 268, and yeah, it's BABIP driven, uh, so probably due for for some regression. But the the power, the power is legit. It's on a level that we haven't really seen at the major league level over an extended period. And Brinson's going to get his reps, so definitely time to pick him up in 15 teamers. And you know, kind of like what I was was saying earlier about Carlos Hernandez, like he definitely belongs on the watch list uh, just about everywhere else at this point. 
I think it's been time to pick up Ahmed Rosario in 15-teamers for a while now, and maybe it's time to start thinking about him beyond that as well. He went four for five uh, in the Cleveland game on Monday. His 18th double of the season, his fifth triple of the season. He's 16 for his last 37. He's got a homer in that span, five doubles. Uh, the, the, The triple that he hit yesterday, he's got 12 steals on the year, uh, he's really flashing everything that Cleveland hoped he could be when they sent Francisco Lindor to the Mets to get Rosario and others. Uh, where are you adding him right now? I would say also a hot hand play, kind of putting him in the same bucket with with Eric Cosmer. That I, I'm not really that optimistic about the the total production rest of season. But if yeah, if you need batting average, if you, certainly if you need steals. Uh, Rosario, if he's there, and at this point we're probably talking about him being available, maybe in twelve teamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, if you've got a need in those categories, if you just need to fill an offensive void in the short term, I think Rosario is fine. All right, now let's move on over to that huge list of streamers that we have for Tuesday's action. Usually, I like to just run through all the names and then throw it to you. Too many names to run through. We're going to lose track of it. So I'm just going to do this in little bite-sized chunks. I'll do the first four here. Chris Rodriguez at Toronto. He's going to be going against Steven Match. That's game one of a doubleheader between the Angels and the Blue Jays. Ross Stripling and Jose Suarez. <coughs> excuse me. Ross Stripling and Jose Suarez facing off against each other in game two of that Angels-Blue Jays doubleheader. Aaron Ashby, as we mentioned, uh, gets game two against the Cubs. Alec Mills opposing him. And Luis Patino against the Red Sox. With those four, um, or those, those four games are who jumps out at you uh, other than Ashby since we already talked about him and how does that relate in the whole picture that we're going to be looking at here well in terms of streaming Patino is certainly the pitcher that that uh, stands out here even though he's got a tough matchup at Boston to be sure and that's the thing is if, if the matchup was a little better maybe I'd be more interested in Jose Suarez or Chris Rodriguez, who was really good the last time out, but that was at Texas. So big change there uh, going from Texas to Toronto. Uh, Actually stripling probably out of this group, probably the next after Patino, just because I think the angels are a pretty favorable matchup right now. So Patino first stripling second out of this group, Ashby. I just want to wait and see how he does against the Cubs. All right, next group of guys is Tristan McKenzie against the Oakland A's going up against Sean Manaya, Paulo Espino, Gets the Mets, Carlos Carrasco on the other side of that. Nestor Cortez in Kansas City taking on the Royals. He'll also oppose Daniel Lynch. Drew Smiley at home against Cincinnati. Sonny Gray taking to the bump for the Reds. Uh, Any one of these guys jump out at you, and how does that factor in with the guys we've already discussed? Yeah, well, again, you're uh, really dividing these up nicely because there seems to be one pitcher in each of these groups that really stands out. So for me, it's Nestor Cortez in this one, mostly just because of the matchup. I I think, you know, if you had different matchups here, this would probably sort out a little differently. McKenzie does have a nice matchup against Oakland, but I'm still, and I think I talked about this recently with DVR, that I'm still kind of waiting for the skills consolidation for McKenzie. I think, you know, he's shown that he doesn't need to to walk everybody, but, uh, you know, he's going to be able to keep the ball in the yard are there going to be good results overall so I think Cortez out of this group gives you the best combination of the skill set and a, a matchup where he's most poised to take care of it I think I would still rather go Patino over Cortez uh, but probably Cortez over Stripling all right, in the final three, we're doing a pretty good job dividing this up and figuring it yeah. out, piecing it together. Jake Odorizzi uh, at home against Colorado with John Gray taking the mound for the Rockies. Stephen Brault uh, also at home against the Cardinals. Jay Happ going to the mound for the Cardinals. And Braxton Garrett at San Diego. These last three guys, any of them streamable for you, Al? 
Ah, uh, boy. So this has got a little bit different than uh, earlier in the list where you had a lot of really interesting options, but some of them with very tough matchups that made them uh, less attractive for streaming. In this case, I mean, Oda Rizzi just hasn't really been very effective lately, but God, it's it's really hard to pass up Colorado at Houston. Uh, so I think he's he's definitely in the discussion. Steven Brault, I, I like the Cardinals as a matchup, but still kind of want to see him get a couple more starts uh, under his belt since he hasn't pitched much this year. And Garrett's been really intriguing for the Marlins. I mean, at this point, I would definitely leapfrog him over Zach Thompson uh, in terms of just my general interest in those pitchers as streamers. Uh, but yeah, I don't really love the the matchup uh, at San Diego, even without Tatis. So strangely enough, out of this group, I think I trust Odorizzi the most, but I would certainly put him behind the other um you know, top shelf streamers out of this very, very large group, uh, I would rank him behind them. So there's, there's lots of options. You don't necessarily have to take the chance with the other Rizzi uh, on this slate. All right. And so just to put a fine point on it, give us your three favorite streamers available today. All right. So yeah, I would say uh, starting off with Patino and then uh, Nestor Cortez and uh, put Ross Stripling third. Patino, Nestor Cortez, and Ross Stripling, and again, plenty of options. There are there are a lot of guys to go to if those are rostered already in your league. If you don't, if you get beat to those guys, there are plenty of attractive options to stream on this busy Tuesday. And we'll also give you some gambling picks to wrap up this busy Tuesday. I'm going to the state of Ohio, Al, and I'm going to go to both corners of the state of Ohio, or at least both corners that uh, have baseball teams, Northeast and Southwest. Let's start off in the Northeast corner of the state, Cleveland. Uh, is plus 100 at home against the Oakland A's. You just talked about the matchup, Tristan McKenzie and Sean Manaya, And I'm in, Al. I mean, you know that I'm probably one of the most bullish people on Tristan McKenzie and his talent um, right now in the fantasy industry. But he's putting it all together. No walks his last time out. Seven innings allowed three runs on five hits against the Blue Jays. That is a, a very nice start against that loaded offense. Uh, the time before that, he got knocked around against the White Sox, did walk three and four innings, but then... One walk against the Rays in six, one walk against the Astros in four, one walk against the Royals in seven. He seems to be finding it. He seems to be getting back in the strike zone, living in the strike zone, and he's striking guys out alongside that as well. So I feel pretty good about this matchup with Tristan McKenzie and getting even money, getting him as an underdog and Cleveland as an underdog against the Oakland A's. So give me that one, and then I will go to the southwest corner of the state where we find the Reds. Uh, They're not actually going to be there. They're going to be in Atlanta taking on the Braves, but minus 110 uh, on both sides of this bet. Night is like Sonny Gray versus Drew Smiley. That's really what this one comes down to. Like the way this Reds team is playing, they're making a charge for that second wild card in the National League. I like Sonny Gray uh, to best Drew Smiley to handle the Braves' offense and to get the Reds a win. So Reds and Cleveland living in Ohio with the gambling spotlight. Thank you for kicking off your, uh, oh my God, I almost said Friday. Someone wants it to be the weekend. Thank you for kicking off your Tuesday <laughs> with us here on the uh, Athletics Fantasy Baseball in 15. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Al and I back with you on Wednesday. Enjoy all the baseball action later today.